What's up, everybody? This is Actively Lazy, formerly known as IBS Jesus, and we are back with the 2023 College Football Show. Um, just to give our two listeners <laughs> some uh, insight on how we're going to do this. Okay, so um, what we're going to do going forward, this will be the last show that we do that has a combination of gambling and college football news. Because I feel like we're not doing college football fans a service um, by omitting a lot of the storylines that make college football interesting. So what we will end up doing is we will have two separate shows. Uh, We'll have the news show, which will feature me and Patrick. Uh, Sometimes we'll have guests like Marcus. He'll come back. Um, Maybe Ben or some other guys who are college football fans will come back and talk some stuff before big games. And then on a separate show, I will do a solo gambling podcast uh, looking at lines and talking about those um, for the folks who just want to talk about gambling or just hear about gambling. Um, Hopefully that'll knock Showtime down under an hour um, and also kind of give people what they want, because I don't think everybody who listens to college football cares about the gambling. A lot of you losers just want to talk college football. (laughs) smoking like a true degenerate uh but like i said this is the last show we'll do a combination of it week zero only features three games anyway but before we get to that i want to give the floor to our resident gator fan to talk about why swamp kings is one of the biggest propaganda bullshit in sports like netflix had all these great documentaries we had 30 for 30s you know what i'm saying we got we had the the uh they what, did, was the last, what was the last netflix special it was pretty good uh, the johnny manzo yeah, yeah. It was pretty good and i will we say get, we get this just, kumbaya bs man i'm just saying this you know who had um they must have had a gun or something to like the director's head when they were making this because they only got like the only thing they got behind the scenes was like a bunch of grunting and them workout shots, and them fighting on the floor in some um on the mat drills. I was like, we didn't hear none of the scandals. He just talked about oh, Urban starts crying about the one dude who um OD, like, no, so we ain't gonna talk about Cam and that laptop. We ain't gonna talk about um the Pouncy Twins outside that nightclub. Yo, bro, we, we ain't gonna talk about Hernandez. We ain't gonna talk we, about Zach we ain't gonna talk Smith. about Chris Zach Chris Rainey. Where yeah. Tom Percy Harvin beat Billy Gonzalez to a pulp yeah, like, and became no. the wide receiver's coach himself. We ain't going to talk about the time. I can't remember who, which one it was, but they got into a shootout at the um, impound lot over the um, illegally parked car and Man, broke that thing. It's, it's, it's some BS. It's some BS all like, around. It is, it is very lighthearted. Like, I thought it was going to be a lot more scandal. Like, they didn't. It's some BS, bro. It's some it's, BS. I, to the point, I'm not even going to watch it. I'm not going to watch it. Because it's not I, true. It's it's not true. It's the good of the whole the thing. Good? It's That's the good. boring, bro. They, I've seen too much Tebow to, to care, man. Give oh, me we know you Jag- have. Yeah, give me Jaguars, Urban Meyer. Like, bro, I don't care about Tim Tebow, man. Like, that's... That is we the weakest part of the storyline. And and it's so long ago, no nobody cares. You still holding on to that. I don't even care. You know what's funny though? All the only thing in my head is like, dang, this is probably Tim Tebow's first time around black people. And probably. it's a whole bunch of Florida nickels. 
No, it's it's probably his first time around black people that he's not like uh, able to save. I'm pretty sure he has some some mission trips with it. You know, oh yeah, the Africans he dipped in the Nile River. Probably, but yeah. <laughs> and I'm not trying to be again for anybody that might listen to this. Be like, isn't your dad a preacher? Like, Christians are easy targets. I'm sorry. Um, but yeah, Swamp Kings is trash. Giving it a one star. Do not recommend. I hey, wish I had. I wish I had a soundboard so I could womp, 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 that entire thing. Like, what a waste of time and space and Netflix resources. You increased my monthly payment for that crap? I will say, the Dan, watching Dan Mullen on there was, I don't know what was worse, watching Urban Lie or Dan Mullen on there trying to be cringy. Like, no, we're still not happy with you. You haven't gotten in good graces. Go somewhere. And who said you could live in here? Nope. Go back to where you live. Swamp Kings makes no sense. Just like the conference alignments make no sense right now. Like, I, you know, I, I put off doing the show because I wasn't sure if we would even have more than two conferences. But it seems like seems like there's been a wall drawn. Yeah. It, it looks like my son drew it. It's like a squiggly wall. But, um... Uh, <laughs> Can the NCAA you, color inside the lines? Nope. Yeah. What do, you, <laughs> what do you make of the fallout? And and do we give credit to Texas and Oklahoma for this? Or do we give credit to the Pac-12 having the absolute worst negotiation ever for a contract? I'll say give it Pac-12 one for them. Because two things. One, they didn't have a deal in place to like, even if it wasn't the biggest deal, you could have made the other programs feel secure in knowing that there was going to be something. You sat around the um, the head of the Pac-12. They sat around, and this is where perfection became. What was the saying? Perfection became the killer of just good. Yeah. You had you. They're probably going to get a good deal. I probably had a really good deal especially for being the Pac-12. But no, out here trying to get SEC money, knowing who you are not, kind of lost the confidence of everybody in the room. Some money on the table better than nothing. I don't know what to... I don't know what to make of what's true, what's not, because there's a lot of rumors going around. Um, I am um, fully aware that money is what makes college football go around now. Like, I mean, right. it used to be something we talked about in, in the back dark lit rooms, smoking cigars. Now everybody knows. Now they're yeah. talking about it, but beside their, their work coolers and, and lunch boxes and stuff like that. So it's, it's out in the open. It so made it that, a little less fun. The backdrops yeah. well, in the dark were fun. I'm with sorry. that being said, you gotta know that the Pac-12 is not a $50 million um, revenue. Like, if, if that's truly the figure, $50 million? $50 million. For what? For what? For who? So stupid. For what? Like, I would love to know the ratings for Pac-12 night games because – only like six of us are up for it on the East Coast. <laughs> I mean, let's be real. It's not. It's not a draw though. It's not a draw anymore. Like it's not a draw at all. No. Like for them, for them to to ask that and then give us Stanford playing San Jose State 
or something like that, a Washington State versus Washington. Yeah, I like those games, but that's not who you're selling it to. You're selling it to the rest of the nation, and they don't We're want degenerates. to do that. We we put this stuff into our veins. We, yeah, you, you need the common person who's drunk by six o'clock. Well, they don't want that. to, but so, um, but in the in the shakeup, I mean, it's dead. Pac twelve is dead. Uh, they're they're trying to salvage it with with these lesser known teams. But as long as they leave my Mac teams alone and my Sun Belt teams alone, <laughs> I don't care what they do. But the, the last bastions of regionalism. Yeah, so but since we're on the Pac-12, who do you think wins the last uh, Pac-12? Washington. Washington? The Washington Huskies. They're, they're my side chick. I'm staying with, <laughs> I'm staying with USC. See, I'm I don't USC. trust USC's defense enough. Yeah, of course. I don't trust Grinch or the defense, but I got – I got uh, Lane, not Lane. God, I got uh, Cliff Kingsbury, and um, and my boy Lincoln. First to a hundred win, baby. We in there. I just still, I, I can still see them getting bullied around by Utah in November. So I mean, I, is Utah gonna be healthy? I mean, put put um, Keithy and Rising in the hyperbolic. Time chamber, it might be all right. Yeah, I was gonna say it ain't even looking good. No, um, and and we would be we would be doing the conference a disservice if we did not mention Coach Prime and the and the Colorado Buffaloes, um, getting a lot of media attention because well it's Deion Sanders and um, baby yeah and then a lot of the the whole transfer portal thing, like. It's again. It's a business, man. Like yeah. this guy, he's he's responsible for building the program, and this program was trash last year. So hey, I don't know. I mean, I'm sorry. Like it ain't like like I'm in my mind. I'm like these kids got the same Bleacher Report I got. You had to know this was coming. Right. <laughs> you know, like you should have you should have been making plans. And and I'm sure in some form or fashion, the university looks to take care of the kid. Like they're not gonna. Lose their scholarships, get kicked out on the curves. I'm pretty sure there's a process to allow them to leave or to try to make the team. But Dion already was honest. He's like, you ain't gonna make the team anyway. So here we are. It, it, he's a he's shown he can recruit, and he's given a bigger platform to recruit. He's, from. he's shown he can do the transfer portal. His, well, his recruit, his recruit that he got from us is BS. <laughs> I mean, he recruited good for an FCS school. Again, he worked the transfer portal. Can can he recruit decently here at Colorado? Uh, moving to the Big Twelve now. I'm sure he will. I mean, he's a great salesman. Yeah, and he'll um he'll get access to Texas. He'll get kids in the um in the draft, and I'm pretty sure that's what he wanted it for. Pipeline is a whole lot better. Yeah, uh, Big, Big Twelve wise, um, but. It's again. It's it's one of those things you have to talk about because he is a headliner. But I mean, let's. I, I over see or under. Oh, I was gonna say, I was, no. I was gonna say I see a lot of people overestimating. Yeah. The difficulty saying, of building a program. Because we were talking in the chat and it was like, mm, oh, four wins. That you might as well act like it's the national championship with them if they get four. Yeah, and and um. With that, with 
that schedule, oof. And I think Marcus pointed it out, like, the videos they put out, like, these look like real children. <laughs> they don't look yeah. like they got any size to them at all. No, they don't. Like, yeah. Carmine McLean does not look like he put on any weight. And yeah, he came, not. what did he come in, like, 5'10", 165? I'm sorry, you got to put on at least 20. You got to at least be 180 if you're going to be the number one corner. So, my golden rule is every coach who's building a program, like now, if you if you are uh, inheriting an Alabama, LSU, or something like that, you can turn it around in two years, probably. But every every coach who's like got to build a program, you get you. I give you four. Yeah, you, you need four. a full cycle. Yeah, you need and, a full. And, and, Honestly, the transfer portal kind of can expedite that a little, but I still want to. I still want to give you four one because I want to see who you bring in, and then two, I want to see if you can develop what you already had too, and that just takes some time. Like Napier, he keeps showing up on all these things, saying he's in the, in the hot seat. I'm like, the dude just got here. Yeah, like, like, like bro, bro, they all still on the interest payments for the buyout. They ain't even hit paying on the principal. Relax, like. Yeah, I, I'm not a fan of him. I don't think he's a good coach, but geez, man, like he literally just got here. Now, if if you're he, telling me you want to fire him for like an X and O type thing, something like he does on the field, I can understand that. But I'm not sure 90% of the the uh, ADs are are really X and O guys in no. in college football. Also, if you haven't, if you want to fire Billy Napier, man, you better fire Jimbo Fisher. No, I mean, again, you, you got to stay in your lane, man. Jimbo, Jimbo got a lot of money, man. And and to yeah. Jimbo's credit, he's still getting recruits. So he I mean, is, he's, still, but... he's still bringing in he's still bringing in talent, and boosters are still paying. They still got a, a hefty NIL. So, I mean, Napier can't say any of that, but he literally just got here. Jimbo was an established name. He won a national championship. That is true. And and he was coming to an area that he was he was pretty familiar with with recruiting anyway when he came over there. Like Napier, like he ain't getting Florida, Georgia talent and at ULL, just the guys who probably just came out of JUCO, no no offense to the program, but again, it's yeah. he hasn't ever competed with an SEC type level of competition on the recruiting trail trail and on the field. So I just I really think it's not fair to give him to give him just one year. Like, it, it's wild to me that he's on the hot seat. But I, Honestly, I think that's just, like, just people pulling stuff out their behinds. Because, all right, look at the recruiting class. If, if it holds together, it should somewhere between, what, three and seven? Yeah. That's a that's a very good recruiting class, okay? Yeah. That's better than, that's better than anything Dan Mullen brought in. Can he get better with X's and O's and time and everything? Yeah. May, he might be better this year. Who knows? It, a lot of it also, looking at what they had last year, a lot of it came down to inconsistencies with the players. So it's kind of hard to know what you are working with when, you know, half your team is it's Jekyll and Hyde. Yeah. I mean, like again, you, I, 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 I hate to, to, to give them an out, but I, I just think, like people just need to be realistic about their expectations. Matt, I love rule. I love rule uh, in college, not in the NFL, but rule in college. I I look at him. I hold him in high regard for being a program builder, considering what he did at Temple, what he inherited at Baylor, and so on and so on. And I and I have the utmost expectation that he's going to turn Nebraska around here uh, fairly quickly as well. 
But even with that being said, I'm still giving him three to four years. Like, bro, it takes time. Uh, Could I big- see Rule jump up to a maybe a nine, ten win season next year? Possibly. Uh-huh. Could, but it, like you said, it's going to take time. But he, this is the guy, though, for them. Of all the coaches they could get, this is the guy. So switching to the Big Twelve, it is is it Texas and Oklahoma's last year? Are we sure? Because <laughs> I mean, at one point it was like twenty twenty five or something like that, and then it was oh we're gonna go next year, which next year was supposed to be this year, and now I think it's twenty twenty four. It better be next year after they screwed up everybody's schedule. Yeah, and and making us play the freaking NFL. Given the propaganda, um, it seems as though the Big 12 is, is one of those things where this is a mutual split. They've done with them. But yeah. um, who I'm you got? Big 12 just – let's be honest. Every time a Texas wants gets a hold of a conference, they mess it up, and I'm hoping they don't do this to the SEC because they messed up the Southwest. Yeah. The Big 12. Like, don't let Texas be in charge of anything. Please, have we not learned our lesson? Don't let the fox in the hen house. Oh my god! <laughs> Please, Greg Sankey. Who do you? Oh, Sankey, I, I, I respect Sankey. Sankey's not. They're not gonna have that much pull. Like it's, it's a different league there. True. Um, who do you have one in the Big Twelve? Ooh, dark horse would be Kansas State. Got a lot of returning talent. I know they lost Deuce Vaughn and Martinez, but they have great scheme. Did some pretty good things in the transfer portal. I'm sorry, I don't see it for Oklahoma this year. Nor do I see it for Texas. It better be Texas or, man, I, I don't know, man. I don't know. Like, the schedule's not hard. I think I think I had, um, I had like, one game on their circle, maybe a trap game. I think it's, like, Iowa State or somebody that they got to travel to or something. Like, uh, like their most difficult games on their schedule outside of Bama are going to be at home. Like, it sets up perfectly for that. Oh, they have TCU on the road. Man, TCU, the, history says those TCU teams. TCU wins. No, but those teams, <laughs> those teams who have these amazing Cinderella seasons rarely come back the next year and ball out. I think Cincinnati was the only, like the most recent one, actually. Cincinnati was the most recent one where it was respectable, but they were not in a Power 5 conference. Like a, a team in a Power 5 conference that plays well above their pay grade, Rarely do they come back, and and, and they lost they lost Max Duggan and a couple other key guys like Quentin was it Quentin Johnson like man like I I, I, I love I love Sonny Dykes I love him but I'm just saying like you're once again we're in this in this realm where this is a coach who's at a bigger school bigger university bigger conference had a great first year but like how is he going to recruit how did he recruit how do we do the the turnover TCU's not a machine. Like they don't, they don't. Yeah, so it's they had a top twenty-five recruiting class. They did got some good keys in the transfer portal. Got that um the tackle from Alabama. And, and Texas is returning like their entire fucking team. Yeah, but <laughs> with, you trust Sark? I mean, I don't, I don't think at this point that's a question because the team's so talented. And I, I give, I don't like Texas. Everybody knows that. And I don't, I don't care for them. But the team is literally so talented. That how could you not win with this guy? Like, how could you not like explain it to me? If if I'm the Texas AD or I'm Texas fans, 
if they lose to anybody but Alabama, I'm in Sark's office on Sunday with the pink slip asking how explain it to me show me on the film how did we lose to this team because when I look on paper when I look on paper like one of the big things me and Marcus used to always hype on or harp on is how much teams are returning and if you're returning most of your offensive line and your quarterback and you have an upgrade at your skill positions bro I need to see it like that Justin Herbert stuff, I, I can't see that anymore. How high are you on yours? On yours? I love yours. Like the the two series I've seen him in person, he was the best quarterback I've seen at that level. With my own two eyes, like being at a live game and seeing this person play, not best I've seen on TV and stuff like that. No, I'm talking like sitting in a stadium and being in person for that level. It's the best quarterback I've seen as far as his past. Like his anticipation uh, on the routes, his touch on the passes, like it was something else. He had Bama on the ropes. Like them boys was on the ropes. Until he got hurt, it wasn't looking good for Alabama. I'm just being honest, man. It wasn't looking good. Like they, they tried zone. He picked them apart. They tried man. He The first time they tried man, it was a bomb touchdown. Like you, you, you better come correct. Like they had no answer for it, and I, I don't even think they knew what to expect. But he was he was damn good, and I didn't see most of that when he came back from the injury. But I, I also think that Sark isn't a good um, coach when it comes to preparing for games. But having been part of the Bama system, I think it, it was one of those things. You're extra motivated because you're the underdog, and, and nobody expects you to win. Hell, the the line closed at twenty point five. Mm-hmm. And then all your boys are hype, and you're at home. It was over a hundred thousand people in the stadium. It was just the perfect storm. Hot as fire. I, I mean, I was so drunk, I didn't feel the heat. But it was the perfect <laughs> storm. It was the perfect storm for an upset, and it was all coming together. And you had this immensely talented, uh, fresh quarterback just in rhythm. Everything looked great. And and again, once he got hurt, even after he got hurt, they still kept it close, and we're still up. Like it took it took an amazing play by Bryce Young for them to win. Now, with that being said, can you bring that to Tuscaloosa? I don't think so. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think so. But it's worth a shot. I mean, this one thing about Alabama, and I know I've been doing a lot of talking, but but people didn't hear me out on this one. One thing about Bama, it's a lot like the Patriots when they lost Tom Brady. Like you got to stop looking at them with the same respect that you gave them when they were a dynasty. They are not that team anymore. They're not that program anymore. Like I, I respect Nick Saban, and and this isn't me talking as a gambler. This is me talking as a as a like coach speak, as people say, as a X and O guy. This is not the like that Alabama that we used to see that people were afraid of. That's now in Athens. That's Georgia. All right, this Bama here, this Bama here is not that team. So even if you're going into Tuscaloosa. It's it's a reason it's just a seven point spread, and then if you're Texas, you got to tell yourself coming into this, in order for us to take that next step and get back to being the elite program that we think we are and what our fans expect, this is what we have to do. We have to overcome this, and and this team is ripe for being upset at at this point. QB issues at Bama because is it decided yet that it's either going to be Milrow or the little kid from uh, Notre Dame. Yeah, yeah. He. Did they, uh, did and they then, say it yet? 
I don't I don't know, man. Like none of these none of these programs are trying to tell anybody who's starting, which I'm like, dude, is it really that is it really that serious? Like what advantage are you gonna have? Like, we're gonna, oh. by, by the time you by the time you play the team that you're trying not to tell, they've already gotten six, seven weeks of film anyway. So just fucking tell them. Right. <laughs> like, oh, we're keeping this away from LSU. You mean the team you play November first? Yeah, like <laughs> come on, man. it'll be. You mean what, week nine? Okay. Yeah. I, also, do they have a bruiser of a running back that we're used to at Bama? Um, I, like, I I think I anticipate that they like for running backs when it comes to Bama and uh, Georgia. I always anticipate they've got studs galore. And who's out wide for them? Because this was now one that that is the question that wide receiver room, to my knowledge, has taken a hit. Uh, over Marcus pointed this season. out over the last since. All right, they got James Williams in the transfer portal. They stole um, Jameis. That, be, tell tell the truth. They stole Jameis after that game. <laughs> they didn't get him in the portal. They got him out to the game. Yeah, right. Um, who is a recruit like a wide receiver that they really hit on? That's like, oh, that's a Bama wide receiver. That he's up there with you know, um, Ridley's. I don't want to say Julio because you know that's a whole another that's a whole another dude right there. But um. Like Amari's people like them. Yeah, like Jerry Judy's nobody. There's nobody out there. Yeah. So at the end, and, and like I said, at the end of the day, I look at this Bama team. I don't. I don't fear the defense. I don't see the Reuben Fosters, the Minka Fitzpatrick's, and all that. I don't. I don't see that talent here anymore. I do like like, who they I'm, got not, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not scared on of the Kool-Aid defense and they the front can hide seven. Them. I, I will say they do have a good front seven on the defensive end. But I'm just gonna be honest. Bama needs to prove it, bro. They they need to pro- they need to prove it. This oh, it's not you, yeah, again. I even, the doubt no more. No, nah, I think you're giving them too much credit too. I think they can be beat this year, man. I really do. I I'm, not gonna be beat. I'm not I'm gonna bet on. I'm not gonna bet on it, but I'm confident enough to be talking like this. <laughs> I'm saying the defense. This defense will be better than last year's. Um, they did. I'm curious to see how a lot of the incoming freshmen will be, but they did get some pretty good options. Keon Keeley, Q Russo, um, who's the other five-star tackle that's um, from in-state they snagged. So, yeah, that's, that's bolstering that front seven. I'm really, I'm just really worried about that offense. Because, I'm sorry, Milrow ain't it. So with the, with all that being said, you got Georgia winning the um, conference. Complete the fifth. Year whack. Georgia's yeah. winning. Yeah, the I have. Season. I have Georgia winning the SEC. I got Georgia winning the SEC unless there's some injuries. I don't know if their depth is as good as in years past, and then obviously there's going to be a lot of turnover. Unless um, Carson Beck is like the John Brantley of um, Georgia. Because I'm sorry, Tennessee's not gonna. Tennessee's not challenging them. I mean, that that would be my only concern with Georgia is just where that game is at. Like you got Ole Miss coming into Athens, and then you got to travel to Tennessee. It yeah, will be. It will be. It will be. It, yeah, but it's gonna be hostile. It'll be rocking. You, you just and again, 
as you got the more talented team, but you just never know. That's one of the beauties of college football is like you get these games and these scenarios here. You just never know. And if there was a, uh, if there was a game where I would be concerned as a Georgia fan that they could potentially have a hiccup, it would be that game. I'm not going to pick Tennessee to win because I think we need to see how the season plays out. But as we get close and closer to that game, just looking at the schedule during the preseason, just like, you know, we always look for trap games. I, again, it's either going to be Ole Miss is going to give them fits in Athens, which is a possibility. And then what about Auburn? Auburn. You know, you um, so the um, ESPN uh, Northwest Florida radio station that I, I call into from time to time uh, that my friend Ryan um, runs, they are um, an Auburn affiliate and you know, he's he's talked to some guys on there, and he's higher on them. I think their win total was at six and a half, and after talking to the guys, he was like, he's going to take the over. They seem very optimistic about the message Hugh Freeze is getting out to the kids and whatnot. I'm, I'm hesitant to think that you can you can spark a prime upset like that. Like, you just come into the program the first year inheriting, like, you know, these kids and stuff, and you can get them ready to to beat the number one team or number two team in the nation. I, I don't know if I'm willing to put a lot of stock behind that. But with that being said, Auburn's going. I think Auburn is is going to be a player in the next what like three give him give him three years because he's got he's already made some splashes on the recruiting trail. Yeah, he flipped a couple um couple four and five stars from Georgia and Alabama. Yeah. Um. Also, I could see Auburn coming into that game. Oh, they got to play Texas A&M on the road right before Georgia. There's a possibility they can come into this game ranked. Who, Auburn? Yeah. Hmm. All right, your first game's um, – all right, they got – yeah, first game's UMass. Then you got Cal. Then you got Samford. Then you have to go to Texas A&M, which I don't have no idea what Texas A&M is going to be this year. I have none. I don't either, but I'm gonna send like, Jerry. I'm gonna send Jerry this clip and hope that he'll give me tickets to come to a game. I love the Aggies, Jerry. <laughs> Wait, real quick, how um, what week do you think it'll be when uh, Jimbo Fisher and uh, Petrino start fighting on the sidelines? I don't know, but that's the story. That's the storyline. And again, for the folks who are listening, that's why I want to um, I want to separate the shows because that's the storyline too. That we we should and probably could talk about because you know the way Jimbo has been talking and the way some people are talking doesn't sound like he's going to give uh, Petrino full reign. But if he doesn't get Petrino full reign, how does he expect anything to change? I think you need to let Petrino cook, man. Um, and both of them are some ornery son of a guns, man. Yeah, they are some both f u ornery son of a boy. Let Jimbo say the wrong thing to Bobby about a play call. There, but, what did Charles Barkley? Say there'd be some furniture moving. Yeah, you look. You look at their schedule. You look at their schedule. It is a little tough. Uh, you got Auburn coming to visit. Then you go to Arkansas, and then you got to go. Um, and then you got to come back home to Bama, Bama. on October seventh, and then you go to Tennessee on the fourteenth. Like that's going to be a tough. That that that. Then you go South Carolina. Right who? Yeah. South Carolina could be a nine and three team, or they could be a five and seven team. To be honest with you, 
Yeah, that that is a little tough little stretch in the schedule. But as as always with the Aggies, it's just about them executing. Uh, but you don't want to you don't want to say who you got winning. I got Georgia. Uh, that leads us to the. I ACC. got Georgia LSU for the um, oh, conference title. Oh my God. You're, Georgia you're, winning. You still a clown. Oh, oh now you Georgia. Want Georgia winning. Okay. I, yeah, I said Georgia's gonna win it. Stop being so nice. Um, <laughs> ACC Florida State man. If we don't win, I'm gonna be pissed. I'll just put it out there. I hope you. Clemson ain't good, man. I'm sick of them. They don't deserve to be. They don't deserve to be the best team in the ACC no more, man. Oh God! But y'all have to go to Clemson. Yeah, I know. Bowden ain't there no more. (laughs) I'm just playing. It it should be an entertaining game. It should be. That's a victory if Bowden's there. Yeah. So, um. But I think expectations for Florida State is that this is the year that we can overcome Clemson and win the ACC and potentially make the college football playoffs. I mean, we're in we're in a prime spot. You got soft conference in the ACC. If you can if you can skate if you if you can get the early season win against LSU, who is ranked, and then you get the win against Clemson, who will also be ranked. Like the only thing stopping you is you. Yeah, the only thing stopping you is you. Don't so, um, you have maybe one or two trap games in there, but that's it. Yeah, I think I Pitt Pitt in November could be iffy because because it's cold. Yeah, it's cold. It's cold balls. Um, at Wake Forest in October because like, I'm not saying Wake Forest is a title contender, but I'm saying Wake Forest is a tough team and they're very well coached. Well, what ultimately is going to hurt Florida State is if they lose to LSU and they lose to Clemson. Those are two early season losses to ranked teams, and there's no there's no game to fall back on to to get back to the top because everybody else is sorry. So yeah. you just got you got you got a month to put money in the bank, man, and then you just like all your other games are, are like even um, outside of Pitt, like Wake Forest is still going to be a team that we should be able to bully. Syracuse at home. Tech, Duke, Florida, and then we go on the road to, to play the Gators, and, and that's, you know, always going to be what it's going to be, regardless, because it's a rivalry game. It's but, a bloodbath. Yeah, but at the end of the day, like, it's a favorable schedule. Like, there's no there's no game where I'm like, oh, man, you know, that might be a look-ahead trap game, blah, blah, blah. Like, no, nah, I think it's a, a properly balanced schedule. Um, it does suck that you got to go Boston College to Clemson, uh, but at least it's still on the East Coast. I mean, it's also you're going to Boston College in September, so that's. No, I mean it's weather-wise, man. We might it's going to be eighty degrees no matter yeah, what. Yeah, it's fine. That's what I'm saying. It's fine. It's not like there's going to be no. Also, what all thirty people at the Boston College game? Yeah, but I'm I'm just I'm just <laughs> looking at it. To save them nickels. I'm just looking at it from a travel standpoint because I mean this isn't the NFL. If that was the NFL, it wouldn't matter. But you're gonna, you're these are college kids. They're gonna be in Boston College, and they gotta take their ass back to Florida State, and then they gotta come back up to Clemson. Like travel might be a little bit of an issue, but again, like at least it's still on the the East Coast. Clemson also ain't that far. No, but again, it's just the fact that you're gonna be on the road two weekends in a row, like. I'm looking at their schedule, and I don't see that happening any other time. Um, no, a lot. Wake Forest and Pitt is back-to-back road games too. Ooh, so, yeah, yeah, it's so, pretty similar fashion. Yeah, so that's that's just 
I mean, that that would be my only pause in the schedule. Uh, looking at Clemson. Also, I will say the one thing is since Jordan Travis is a dual threat, he's just if he's got to stay healthy. Yeah. Yeah, and that's y'all's biggest thing. Keep Jordan Travis upright. If y'all can keep him upright this year, y'all have a good chance of being, you know, ten to two, eleven to one, and playing for the playing for the national title. Well, Clemson's schedule sets up a little bit better because if they lose to Florida State early, they got two potential rank opponents in Notre Dame and Clem and uh, UNC later in the year, so you could potentially sneak back into that uh, playoff talk. Like I said, for the state schedule, they can't really do that. Now, they do have a tricky schedule, um, more so because they're on the road to NC State, then they host Notre Dame, and then they host Georgia Tech, then they host UNC. But they go to they Columbia. South Carolina, yeah. So um, the, the home games will be okay. I mean, Ooh, I don't, you they never also know go to Syracuse. Game. Yeah, and they do go to Syracuse, which who gives them fits? And that's after they play uh, Florida State, so that might be a good letdown spot. So, oh yeah, emotional, emotional yeah. override, and then because yeah. then you got to get back up for Wake because Wake is not a pushover anymore. Yeah, and and so when you look at the structure of their schedule, um, for me, like when I look at preseason and stuff, like that gives me more more pause than anything else. And then, um, and if Klubnik's not who we think he is, if he doesn't live up to that five star moniker, you can really easily see three losses in a nine and three Clemson team. Big 10, um, because I think I am going to switch <clears throat> this to a uh, info only podcast and we'll do the, the gambling one separate. Uh, but Big 10, two man battle. I know you're a Penn State guy, but come on. It's between Michigan and, and Ohio State, and who knows? Who knows? I don't know. I want to say uh, Ohio State gets it right, but Ryan Day ain't did nothing but disappoint me. I had buried Jim Harbaugh. That is why I am invested in this in this rivalry because I had buried Jim Harbaugh and I had aligned myself with these punk Buckeyes in hopes that I would see him completely put away into the ground runoff into the NFL or something and the other and what did all they the do? jokes for him yeah lose, what did they do? lose two straight they gave him new life and here we are and what did um, they do last time get their feet put in their couch at home um, oh my god they just oh is there any way I can get a Nebraska upsets Michigan or a Penn State or Ohio State goes into Michigan and wins? Is there any hope for me? I can see – honestly, I can see Michigan, Ohio State, and Penn State all at 11-1 because I will say this, Penn State's going to split those two and they'll win the Michigan one because – one, because I just got a feeling James Franklin's going to do something stupid because it's at Penn State. He's going to do something stupid because he's James Franklin. I mean, can I say James Franklin or Jim Harbaugh? I mean, they're the same. You're right. They're the same. <laughs> we say nickel version and non-nickel version. Yeah. With <laughs> the air luck, they'll drop the game to Maryland the week before. Who? Pence, with James Franklin and Penn State? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Goofies. No, they'll probably – no, they're going to lose to, like, freaking Iowa or something. 
and then they'll, like, beat Michigan by two touchdowns, give Ohio State a game, and then there's going to be a whole bunch of, well, why aren't we in the playoff? Because you lost to Iowa, that's why. So we got Big Ten, we did Big 12, SEC, and Pac-12, and ACC. So we covered them all. Um, wait, actually, we didn't pick Big Ten. I'm, I want to cop out, but uh, I'm Ryan Day's, this is Ryan Day's last chance with me, damn it. <laughs> so last chance, man. Who oh, you got no. Big Ten? All right. I'm going to go on a limb, and I am going to take Penn State. <clears throat> you got you, Penn State winning the Big Ten. I do. I think it's going to be Penn State, Wisconsin, for the Big Ten Championship. I did not know I replaced uh, Patrick McIntosh with Desmond Howard. That is <laughs> that is an awful take. And on behalf of the IBN Network, I apologize. I'm now looking for a new co-host. I have no idea what he's talking about. Marcus. You said Wisconsin and Penn State? It's the last year they're doing divisions. Who else is going to win the West? Man. Who else? I don't know, bro. I don't know. Next question. Um, I, honestly, I don't know who's going. I don't know who's going to be good in the West. So, so now this is where we. This is where I get to really laugh. So, who are your playoff teams? Georgia. Um. There's. I'll have two Big Ten teams in there, but I don't know which the other one I want to put in. No, no, no. This is this is where it gets funny. Go ahead, explain it to me. All right, Georgia. You know you only get four teams, right? Still, yeah, yeah. Okay. Oh, okay. That, oh, is that the twenty twenty four yet? Yeah, yeah. That's why I'm I'm interested. Georgia, you keep saying Georgia. There's only one Georgia. You can't do it four times. Well, they have a Georgia Tech, Southern Georgia. What's the problem? Yeah. Washington. Okay. Um, Ohio State and Penn State. So you don't have an ACC team in there. I don't think. If Ohio State or Michigan is up there towards the end, I think they'll get the nod over. So a, I need to write this down. Georgia, Washington, Ohio State, and Penn State? Yep. Jesus Christ. All right. Man, I'm trying to make this show serious, bro. What are you doing? All right. Who do you have? Florida State? Uh, Georgia. Florida State, Ohio Texas. State, no Ohio State, uh, Michigan, and Florida State, and that's only because I don't want anybody to ask who I like more between Florida State and USC. Oh, uh, uh, USC out. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so you ain't gonna give Lincoln Riley his shot? No, nah, man, nah. Caleb Williams off the hot. I, I can hear it now, man. Like, oh, Florida State, USC, who you gonna cheer for? Nah, nah, nah. Y'all not gonna do that in my imaginary world. Nope. In my imaginary world, I'm I'm going home to Florida State, bro. That's my squad. <laughs> I mean, but they uh, seated differently, and you know. Nah, I just I just think I just can't, I can't trust USC not to trick it up, man. And and the strength the strength of schedule is not good enough. Like when. You know, we keep talking about, uh, you know, if this team loses, they could potentially still sneak back in. I think the Florida State thing is contingent on them winning um, the two rank ranked games. 
I don't think Utah is going to be ranked 14th. Um, and I don't think USC is going to beat Washington and Oregon back to back. That is definitely killer. Real um, important threats of this whole thing, though. How good is Notre Dame? Because they play everybody we just talked about. I don't think they're that good. No, okay. they're gonna they're gonna lose to um they're they're losing to Ohio lose. State. Yeah, they're definitely losing to Ohio State. And then they travel to USC or do they host USC? Let us check. Yeah, I'm checking that now. Um because they host Ohio State, they're gonna lose. They travel to Clemson. They'll probably lose there, and they host USC. Dang, USC, man. Y'all got a killer schedule. Although they got host, they Bro, you have to Oregon, but they host Washington. Which nah, is man. Listen to this. Wow. This is crazy. USC got to go to Notre Dame, come back to U- uh, come back to USC and play Utah, get maybe a break with Cal. Obviously, a break with Cal. But then they go – then they host Washington and travel to Oregon. Like – Four of their five games in that stretch, or yeah, four of their five games in that stretch is going to be a little, little dicey, little dicey. Also, UCLA is not going to roll over. Yeah, UCLA ain't going to roll over either. Like, yeah, UCLA maybe a slap to the face, like the last middle finger. Dang, it ain't looking good for my boy. And then um, Caleb Williams ain't even saying he going to the league. He kind of holding out. They said they, they there is we kind of hear this from time to time with guys. There's a rumor that he's waiting to see who drafts him and then going to decide whether or not he'll go to the league at that time. Uh, uh, what are you going to take yeah. a COVID year? I mean, if I know the NFL, ain't nobody going for that no more, bro. They're not going to pick you there. If, if, they, if they're worried that they're going to use their, their number one pick, like you, a number one pick, you worth three Trey Lances, man. Are you kidding me? Nobody's going to, nobody's going to risk uh, missing out on three Trey Lances for you. Um, I, I feel like every every football podcast I do this year, I need to make a reference to how stupid that is. And, and I did it on the NFL podcast just now, and I'm glad I was able to bring that up on the college podcast as well. Also, do the NFL actually trust like USC quarterbacks like that anymore? I don't know if they have a bias to quarterbacks because they keep drafting North Dakota State quarterbacks. So here we are. Um, True, I'm saying like they, every time they get high on a USC quarterback, Wah, wah, wah. I don't know. I think I think a lot of those stigmas are dead now in today's league. And you can like I mean, Caleb. People are talking about Caleb Williams on the same level as when Patty Mahomes came out. Like they've already been making those comparisons. So I mean, it ain't like he's like he's he's damn good. He ain't Matt Leinart. Like yeah, he's light years better than Matt Leinart as far That's as what true. you're looking for in an NFL prospect. And and Carson Palmer was was a great prospect coming out, and he had a, a decent NFL career. I was about to say, Without, Carson Palmer was actually really good. Yeah, I don't think anybody's going to dock him points or make comparisons to those either. Like Matt, he said he's not Matt Barkley or Sam Darnold. Yeah. yeah so <laughs> he's not at the pits. It should be all right. Um, but, yeah, so, again, I'll just roll in. I'll just do a quick gambling podcast tomorrow for anybody who's listening. Um, what I'll do is I'll go back and timestamp these so when I post it, uh, people will know. Um, and I will make sure everybody at least listens. To, I'm going to cut out that point where you said Georgia, Washington, Ohio State, and Penn State. I even wrote it down so I can screenshot it and, and send this to you in January to remind you that you are now Patrick 
Desmond Howard McIntosh. <laughs> is that my that name? Is crazy. That's gonna be That's my crazy. name on here. You know what? And and I'll even and go know, back. Kirk, and you know, it, it, with the pencil. Yeah, and I'll even go back and amend my list because I was actually disrespectful. I will take out Michigan and I will add Texas, Georgia, Ohio All right, State. Now Texas, that list is actually, State. That became now that became laughable. All right, that's fine. But I don't think I don't think two Big Ten teams are going to make it if if Texas because again their schedule is pretty easy. I think Texas can can sneak in and. And in the event Texas that ruining at the end against that TCU game, in the event that chaos reigns supreme and they beat Alabama by some chance, you ain't gonna be able to keep them out the playoffs. Uh, all right, if they beat Alabama, then they're in. Yeah, you ain't gonna be able to keep them out the playoffs. So just don't, and, just don't f up something stupid to like Baylor or Houston. Don't do something. Yeah, stupid. The, the Baylor game. I'm not gonna lie to Baylor game because it's in Baylor. I was like, eh, but again, I believe in the talent of this team. It has nothing to do with Sark this year. If it does have something to do with Sark this year, they will not make it. I still think uh, I'm just saying watch out for the TCU game end of the year and TCU, no matter what, just has a way to get into Texas behind. Yeah, and that part of TCU that was in the way is now on Texas sideline. I mean, he was on their sideline last year. Still lost in yeah, Texas. They were in banged Austin. up. They were banged up. Oh, well, the excuse this year. <laughs> the excuse this year is Sarkeesian, apparently. So we will we will be back next week. We'll uh, we'll have storylines for week one. Wait, Sark um, gonna blame the monkey and the stripper this time? No, we're not gonna blame. Uh, what was it? What was, was it pole assassin? Pole, pole assassin? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What a wild time, man! God, but uh, we'll we'll have some week one storylines. Uh, obviously, talk more in depth on Bama, Texas. Uh, try to get some LSU, FSU. On, yeah, LSU, FSU, which I'll be at MGM for that. Uh, but we'll try to get some analysis um, and discuss uh, some of the storylines behind it, and maybe even touch on like some recruiting rumors. Um, maybe I'll look to see if we can bring Ben on for a segment since he's always spamming us with recruiting rumors. Right. Um, and, and if we can find Marcus, uh, which I'm sure he might pop up for that, um, we if can get him on. If you have Marcus, wear sunglasses. Oh my gosh. Anyway, uh, this is the IBN College Football Podcast uh, with Actively Lazy and Patrick Desmond Howard McIntosh signing off. <laughs>